Hi, and welcome to Grief Talk, the podcast where we talk about grief. Today, we're going to start exploring our own personal stories, uh, Susanna and I, and our journeys with grief through these past four and a half years, how things are evolving in our life, because uh, it's not that we're at a point where you know, we're, we're better or we're cured, uh, but things have just changed. Mm-hmm. So, Susanna, we want to hear a little bit about uh, you know your story. I think one thing that's interesting for our audience to know is you know, we lost the same person when Leland passed away. The, the same brother died. And we're both little sisters. Like, it, it yeah. seems like we have the same role. And so our experiences would be really similar. But even though we lost the same person, we lost two totally different relationships. So uh, we're just going to hear a little bit about, uh, you know, your story and how things have changed for you. And I'm going to ask you a couple questions. So we'd like to start out just uh, to hear a little bit about the before times, uh, what life looked like before death for you. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, would you just mind sharing a little bit about our family, your relationship with Leland, and, you know, what life was like before you experienced grief? Yeah, absolutely. And before I dive into that, I just have to say this is a really interesting spot to be in because it's overwhelming. And like I had mentioned in our introduction episode, I am a very private person and I I'm really into journaling. Um, I've kept journals in, since I was in elementary school. And so I have my own autobiography section <laughs> in my little library here at my house. Um, but I mean, I don't know. There's just something really vulnerable about sharing your story to the masses rather than journaling it, you know, in a book that will just go on a shelf and you hope no one reads it, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's time. I feel even though it's nerve-wracking, I I feel ready to share. And you know, it's also difficult because how do you share a whole lifetime mm. or not a whole lifetime, but life up until, you know, 2016, you know, for me that was 23 years of life like with my big brother, how do I share that in, you know, 45 minutes in a podcast? And so um, I think the the best way to approach this is, you know, going back and thinking about our childhood, I am second in line out of five kids. So Leland's the first, and then there's about a two and a half, three year uh, age difference between Leland and myself. And then after myself, there's about a three year age difference between me and you, mm-hmm. Sarah. And then after that, there is about a seven-year seven mm-hmm. difference between you and Dawson. Yeah. And then um, there's nine years. Between, well, between well, two years between Dawson and, and Camille. Camille. I'm so, only thinking of myself. There's <laughs> nine years between myself and Camille. Yeah. Um, but but anyway, so uh, that's just kind of like the the birth order, mm-hmm. I guess, to to give people an idea of where I fall in the grand scheme of all of this. Um, but growing up with such a large family, it was wild and chaotic, but in the best sense, mm-hmm. you know, like you always had someone to play with. Absolutely. And I think that our childhood was really unique in the fact that, you know, we didn't have a lot growing up, um, but we had each other and we had our imagination and we had our creativity. And I could, I could write a book about all of the adventures that we had growing up. And um, also, you know, we didn't really have any family close by. And so we 
we had each other though. And so, um, we were it, we were it. Yeah. And that was, that was something really special and really precious. And I think we just kind of knew like early on, we just had this like innate understanding that like, I've got your back, Mm -hmm. you've got my back. And like at the end of the day, and I think a lot of this has to do with our parents telling us like, at the end of the day, if everything else goes away, you have your family. Um, and I think that, I don't know, at least for me, I really took that to heart. But, um, but yeah, so, but I would say that really it took until my freshman year of high school, um, that I really started to form a friendship with my older brother, Leland. Um, so like I said, there was about a two and a half, three year age difference between us. And so when I was a freshman in high school, he was a senior in high school. And I think it's also important to note that prior to, uh, becoming a freshman at Brentwood High School, I was homeschooled mm-hmm. for five years <laughs> and I loved <laughs> being homeschooled and was really, really nervous about making that transition from going from being at home frequently yeah. <laughs> to, or being at the pool because I was a, a long distance swimmer um, and competed in that um, to, to going to school full time. I mean, I, I remember the first you know month of being in high school, I, I was exhausted. I was like, how do people do this? This is this is a lot. But the great thing is, you know, I had Leland there with me and he was he was so excited that I was gonna be at the same school as he was. And he even um, made sure that our schedules had a class together. And so we had second period drama <laughs> together oh with uh, Mrs. Moody was our teacher. And there, it was just a, a riot, I a riot. Absolutely. Um, but I think that goes to show you that like, I think it's a great reflection of who he was and that he was always looking out for our best interests. Yeah. Um, and Leland was a very over the top, gregarious personality. He did the morning announcements with Josh Gregory every morning and so I heard him over the loudspeaker I mean like he he was just everywhere and I loved it and he cast a really big shadow um and was so personable um and for me as the introverted scared (laughs) overwhelmed little sister um that had braces and was just really awkward in uh my freshman year of high school I relished in that shadow because Mm -hmm. I was Leland's little sister and, and I was so fine with that. And I mean, even, even to this day, I love, I love it when someone's like, Oh, you're Leland's little sister. I'm like, yes, I am. Like I take so much pride in that. Like I always have. So anyway, that's really the, my freshman year, his senior year, really when we began a friendship, it wasn't necessarily just brother, sister, because you can, you can have a sibling and not really have a relationship with them. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I remember we would ride in the truck to and from school every day together. And he would listen to a couple of different albums, um, CDs <laughs> in the CD player. <laughs> and I remember I, I just, I wanted to impress him. And I would study up on the lyrics oh of gosh. Jay-Z's Blueprint album because <laughs> I wanted to be able to rap those lines and impress my big brother, you know, because, like, yeah. that's just, like, he was so on a pedestal for for me. Um, 
but anyway, so so fast forward, he goes off to college in Knoxville, and I'm kind of making my way through high school. And um, my junior year of high school, I actually got to drive to Knoxville and spend fall break with him, which was really special. And again, that was such a unique experience in that, you know, I got to sleep on his couch in his um, like little college apartment, and I got to hang out with him and his friends. And it was never it never felt like I was the pesty little sister that never left my brother alone. Like he wanted me to be there Mm -hmm. and he took pride in that. Hey, my sister's here. This is Suze, you know, um, like introducing me to his friends and whatnot. And so that was just like a really special bonding experience. And so over the years, um, you know, we continued to, I would go visit him in Knoxville. Um, he came to Chattanooga once, uh, to visit me, which he always had an odd schedule because he worked in the food and beverage industry. And Mm -hmm. so, um, it was really more convenient for me to go visit him. But Mm -hmm. I mean, I would, I would drive an endless amount of miles and I hate long car rides, but I would, I would do that for him. I would do that for you. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was, that was really, really special. Um, so, I mean, that was really just like the nature of our relationship. And I, I think like, there's like all of these like memories that kind of just like pop up. Like I remember right before I went to South Africa for my, um, uh, like business. Yeah. I was like a study abroad business internship type deal. Right before I went, I broke up with this college boyfriend that I had for about a year. And when I told Leland that I broke up with this person, he he like went into big brother mode and he was like, okay, this is great. There's a show (laughs) at Cannery Ballroom. I'm getting us tickets. We're going to give you the 21st birthday you never had because when I turned 21, my boyfriend at the time was still 20. And so we couldn't like go to the bars or anything, which was fine, whatever. But Leland was like, I'm going to give you the 21st birthday you never had. And granted, it was a couple months late, but I mean, he took me out on the town. He took care of me. He, I mean, he was just such an encourager and that's just who he was. Mm -hmm. Like that was just, that was just our relationship. And so, um, so anyway, it's like little memories like that really, um, stick out to me. And I know that, um, I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but when, um, it was summer of 2016, um, and he passed away in October of 2016. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was the summer um, a couple months before his accident, um, I had booked a trip to France to visit a friend and there was some scheduling issues and with work and whatnot. And, um, I ended up having to cancel going to Europe and I was really bummed. And so I thought, well, I'll just go to Nashville cause I was living in Chattanooga at the time. And, um, I, uh, I ended up having a staycation in Nashville and it was just so, special and it ended up being such a blessing in disguise that I didn't realize until months later. But, um, I got to spend a couple of those days and evenings, evenings with my brother. And, um, there are some really, really special memories that I've kept really close in my heart, uh, from that time that I got to spend uninterrupted, uninterrupted with him, um, in Nashville. And one of them being, you know, we were getting ready to, uh, go get dinner and go grab some drinks. Um, and his phone rang and it was my now husband calling Mm -hmm. Leland 
Yeah, they um, together. Yeah, they, they used to work together. And uh, Leland, it was like a light bulb went off, and he got so excited. And he put my husband Cody on speaker. And granted, we were all three of us were so single <laughs> that summer. But um, Leland was like, oh, my gosh, Suze, you went to UTC Cody, you went to UTC. Do you guys know each other? And we were like, no. <laughs> no, we, UTC is a tiny school. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no. And so Leland, uh, we ended up figuring out that we had mutual friends and, and whatnot. And that, you know, it was a short phone call. But when the phone call ended, Leland told me, he was like, you know, Suze, Cody's a really good guy. Mm. And I was like, okay. And he was like, no, he's a really good guy. And come to find out. I married the guy, yeah. and there's just something really special of, about that, having Leland's blessing yeah. years prior <laughs> to our marriage. Um, that's really just been very healing for my heart. Um, but anyway, so, so yeah, I mean, Leland, any time spent with him was guaranteed to be fun. I mean, we could be, you know picking up garbage on the side of the road, it would be fun. I mean, it did not matter. And so um, anyway, so fast forward to um, October of 2016, I actually came into town twice um, that month because there were two concerts that I was going to. And, um, you know, I got to stay with Leland the first time. It was a Beyonce concert with, Mm -hmm. um, with my friend Josie and Leland drove us to the venue because you know that's just again the person that he is he wanted to make sure we got there safely and um let us stay at his place and he just made everything fun and I know that the the second time I went to Nashville for another concert um he gave me a parking pass so we could park you know uh really closely to Bridgestone Arena and um again that was his way of of taking care of us and Um, you know, we went to go pick up the parking pass, me and my sorority sister and from Leland and I, I got to see him. I got to hug him. I got to spend a little bit of time with him before my sorority sister and I headed to downtown Nashville for the concert. And, um, you know, I, I got to tell him that I loved him and he told me back, I love you too. And, um, that was really, really special. And so, um, but also really, really hard. Yeah too because I would have had no idea that that was the last time Mm -hmm. that I would have gotten to hug him and tell him that I loved him and him tell me back I love you too Mm -hmm. um so anyway so we my my sorority sister and I we go to the concert that night it was a Saturday night um October 15th and then we went ahead and drove back we we thought about staying in uh Nashville uh at my parents house but um, we ended up just driving back to Chattanooga because, again, I was living in Chattanooga, living and working there. And um, I remember Sunday, I texted Leland the next day. So it was Sunday, October 16th. And I texted him and, you know, had something funny I was going to tell him. And he, he didn't respond because, you know. He was he's, probably busy having fun with He was probably, thought, exactly. Yeah. Like, he was... He, you know, it was kind of a sporadic texture anyways. He preferred phone calls over anything else and would leave some really awesome voicemails. And so, um, so I didn't think of any, anything of it. And, uh, and then the next morning I, you know, get up, go to work. It was a beautiful day. And, um, 
I was at work for, this is when things kind of run together, but I was there and um, earlier on in the morning, I got a Facebook message from one of Leland's good friends and coworkers. And he said, hey, have you, have you talked to Leland at all? I can't get a hold of him. And I don't really know what's going on. And Leland would oversleep, but like not, not to the extent that it was in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I always have had this kind of like worst case scenario mentality. Like, let me think of the worst case scenario. And like, chances are it's not going to be that. And so everything's going to be okay. You know, again, I'm a six on the Enneagram. Um, but anyway, I... I just remember having this gut feeling like, okay, something's not right. And so I I messaged uh, his friend back and was like, you know, I'm sure everything's okay. I texted him yesterday, delivered, you know, I haven't heard from him this morning, but you know, just keep me posted. Um, And then shortly after I got a phone call and the phone call was from a 615 area code here in Nashville. And um, I didn't recognize it, but, and typically when I got those calls, I would just ignore them. But for whatever reason, I answered this phone call and it was a police officer um, that was a part of the Metro Nashville uh, Police Department. And he asked if my dad was there (laughs) and I have my dad's old phone number. And so I guess that, I don't know how they look it up in, like medical records or whatever, but the police officer thought he was calling my dad and he called me. And I was like, oh, my dad's not here. What is this concerning? And he was like, it's about your brother Leland. And I was like, oh, is he okay? He was like, I need to speak to your dad. Mm-hmm. And he was very kind, but again, that pit in my stomach just got bigger. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I immediately ran to the break room at my work and grabbed my lunch because I thought I'm leaving here. I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I don't think I'm going to be staying that much longer in it. Granted, it's probably 10 o'clock in the morning yeah. at this point. And um, so then I, I call my mom and I, I'm like, hey, oh no, I'm sorry. I call my dad first. He doesn't answer. So then I call my mom and my mom answers. And I was like, hey, I need to talk to dad. Can, can you give him the phone? And my parents were in Orlando with mm-hmm. Sarah Dawson and Camille for um, fall break and visiting my dad's side of the family. And my mom said, oh, honey, he's, he's visiting the gravesite of uh, Papa, which is my dad's dad. Mm-hmm. He, he can't come to the phone right now. He's visiting. And I'm like, okay, well, officer, I can't remember his name, officer such and such uh, just called me and he needs, he needs to talk to dad about Leland. And I don't know what's going on, but I just don't feel good about this. And my mom was like, okay, honey, everything's okay. Let me, let me talk to dad and, you know, we'll have him call the officer. And I gave my mom the phone number of the officer. And um, she was like, I'll call you back when we know what's going on. And I was like, okay. And so then I'm just sitting there in my little cubicle at work. And so I get up and I was like, I'm going to go to my car. I need to go to my car. And so I get up and I walk to my car and I just felt like very chaotic at that Mm -hmm. point. Like I was just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know where to sit. I, I don't want to tell like my boss, like I don't even know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my mom called me back and uh, a couple minutes later, and she um, she said that, she was like, Susanna, I need you to go sit down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't, I don't, I, my cubicle is in this big open space. Right. So I went into a conference room um, right outside of my cubicle. And she told me that 
he was in a car accident um, on Saturday night and he did not make it. And I remember I like let out this like really like guttural noise. It wasn't a scream. It wasn't a yelp. It was just like, it was just a really guttural noise. And I, I like when it, I was almost like a robot after Mm. that. And I went back to my cube. I sent an email to my boss. I said, I'm having a family emergency. I'm leaving. You know, I will talk to you soon. And I grabbed my stuff and I immediately went home. And I remember in the car driving home, I kept telling myself, everything's okay. Everything's okay. He's okay. He's okay. He's okay. Like I was talking out loud to myself and um, it was just such an out of body experience. But I immediately went back to my apartment in Chattanooga. I grabbed my dog and I sat on the couch with her and it was almost like I couldn't even weep because I was in shock. And I called my friend Abby and I called my friend Anne-Marie and I, 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 I was just in shock. And so I grabbed a suitcase and like my toothbrush and got in my car and drove back to Nashville because I couldn't be alone yeah. in Chattanooga. But like I said, my parents, Dawson, Camille, and you, Sarah, mm-hmm. you guys were in Orlando and you drove yeah. to Orlando. And Orlando to Nashville is a good, what would you say? Uh, 14 hours maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's... It depends on how many bathroom breaks you take. Right. I mean, it it's, a, a, it's a long drive. Yeah. And so I remember sitting, getting home, and some of our family friends were at the house. And I, I again, was in shock. I was in, like, robot mode. And, you know, they, they were trying to hug me and you know, you know, we're so sorry, Susanna. And I just like went up to my parents' room and laid in their bed. And I was just like, I'm the, I, I don't even know what to do. What do I make of this? And, um, I remember like random people coming by the house and I'm like, why the hell are you here? Yeah. You know, like get, like go away. I just want my mom. I just want my dad. I want my siblings. I want my brother, you know? And so I remember I called you guys multiple times and literally followed you on find friends Mm -hmm. until he got home because I'm like oh my god my brother just died in a car accident and my family's in a car and what if what if something happens to them like I was so fearful for those you know eight hours waiting for you to get home and honestly the next couple of weeks are such like I think I just like black in and out mm-hmm. of what that time was like and um I was definitely running on fumes too and I um it, it was just such an out-of-body experience and I just remember like it was actually on my birthday my birthday is October 27th um Leland's funeral was on the 20th I believe and uh, I remember me, you, and my mom went and did a podcast episode with one of my mom's friends. And it's, you know, a biblical podcast and, you know, people like share their testimonies and stuff. And um, I, again, was just numb from just the shock of all of it yeah. that um, 
I remember in the podcast, I kind of just stayed quiet. My mom was really the one who did most mm-hmm. of the talking, just talking about, you know, her story and, you know, losing Leland and everything, which granted it was 10 days so after we lost him. Or fresh. after we found out. Yeah. So fresh. On our parents' anniversary, by the way. Yeah, their 29th wedding anniversary we found out. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I remember... Uh, the the lady who was you know hosting the podcast she asked me how have I found God in all of this in the loss of Leland and I just looked at her and I was like I haven't Mm, yeah and I don't think that was the answer she was looking for and I probably was edited out of the episode which that's fine (laughs) but um because I think that's literally all I shared but the season that I walked into was a season of really wrestling with my relationship with God and like trying to come to terms and grips on the fact that we were we we had the best relationships. We like our family while we're not perfect loved each other fiercely and um you know we are believers and went to church and had relationships with Christ and everything like why would this happen to us of all people like why us you know we didn't bring this on us and um just I really really wrestled with that and that was really difficult and I think also in my my early grief I um I was single at the time and it's a very lonely place to be and I quickly found myself in a relationship um and it has taken me a while to realize what I thought was falling in love was really trying to cope with the grief and find um I don't know find find safety somewhere Mm. um which plot twist the the relationship ended and um I I grew a lot from it I learned a lot about myself Mm -hmm. and um I don't necessarily regret that relationship at all because I still care deeply you know for that person and I I genuinely hope that they're well but I I think I was trying to fill a void of my brokenness and my broken heart with a new relationship mm-hmm. and um yeah so that was that was really really difficult too yeah. and um yeah well, I, and it sounds like you know in the loneliness that was your grief you you needed some companionship yeah and I think that's really understandable yeah yeah absolutely and so you know fast forward um in my grief you know I really wrestled with anger too Mm -hmm. and being angry at God and really questioning um who he is and um I don't necessarily think any of that is wrong Mm -hmm. um but it was definitely an interesting uh season to go through for sure um but yeah well, Suze, if you, you know, well, first of all, I want to say thank you for, for sharing all that. I, know I feel that's... like my heart's beating really fast because yeah, well, it's like, well, I don't even like, it's just a lot to share. And it's like, what do I, 
what do I spend a lot of time unpacking? I don't know. I mean, I know we'll, we'll get into all of it yeah. later in the season, but well, that was a lot. You. That was a little cathartic, but yeah. And I didn't cry. That was actually pretty impressive. I have my yeah. tissues right in front of me, but yeah. Yeah. Newsflash. You don't always cry when you talk about the person you lose. So it let's is normalize that. Yeah. Normalize, <laughs> normalize crying. Also normalize not crying. Normalize not crying. Absolutely. It doesn't take away from how much you love and care about the person that you're grieving. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I really appreciate you being really just very raw and real about that. Um, and I think, you know, as we kind of, we'll keep unpacking early grief and, you know, go into more details of what that was like for us. You know, I'd love for you to touch on um, maybe just, I, you, you said anger was something that was really difficult for you, but, you know, is there anything else that you just, you feel like you really, really have particularly wrestled with um, in these past four and a half years since losing him? Or, or maybe you've kind of gone through different phases of things that have just been especially difficult for you. And I, I want to say, I want to ask you what's been difficult because I think, you know, especially in the, you know, in the church culture, we want to ask like, how have you found God? Or, you know, how have you, you know, changed or grown? Or like, we want to only look at the, the positive things, but you know, you and I have talked a lot about this, you know, this is a space where we, we want to also give a voice to the things that have really sucked and really yeah. been hard. Yeah. And so while we don't want to be pessimists or throw pity parties. Like I do, you know, wonder We're if being realists. Be, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If, if you would be open to sharing maybe, maybe one or two of the things that, that have been really challenging for you in these years since, since losing Leland. Yeah. I think the main thing that comes to mind, you know, I, the anger for sure. And it wasn't a rageful anger. I didn't mm-hmm. punch anything. I didn't, you know, hurt anyone. Um, it was just this deep anger that I felt like in my belly, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, but I think more than that, just the loneliness mm-hmm. and feeling like I'm on this island by myself grieving alone. And I mean, granted, like I have my family, but I, I don't know. I just, I really struggled with feeling alone and it's taken me a while to really realize like, okay, I'm not the only one grieving a loss and also this has been the hard thing is to not compare grief. Yeah. You know, where someone could be going through a hardship or a loss that's different from mine and me not going, well, mine's worse. So wipe your tears and and get over it, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think for me, I've like really wrestled with that too. Like yours is a paper cut compared to me getting my arm chopped off, you know? Um, but I've, I've tried really hard to recognize, you know what, their story is their story and my story is mine and their feelings are valid and my feelings are valid too. But I I think really the, the big things are loneliness and grief compare. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's really challenging. And I think it's something we're really tempted to do because I think as humans, it feels so natural to try and, you know, I want to find somebody who's here with me. I want to, you know, I want to try and make my story fit with someone else's or make sense of things. I, and one thing that my counselor, uh, newsflash, I'm in counseling. (laughs) One thing that my counselor tells me a lot, and I I really appreciate this is our brains are wired to heal. We're always trying to heal. And, you know, sometimes our brains don't exactly know how to do that. And so they heal in really funky ways that maybe aren't the healthiest, but we're always trying to make something make sense. Right. And I think, you know, that's a lot of what you're saying is uh, I, I want to try and find somebody who gets me. And, 
you know, just, just kind of make this make sense in my life. So Right, right. Well, uh, do you have any other closing thoughts? Anything else maybe you want to say to somebody who, who might be listening to this, um, listening to your story? Um, yeah, I do have one one thing that I just thought of that I want to share really quickly when you brought up counseling. Um, so in our introduction episode, we had talked about, you know, we're obviously not here um, as a replacement for professional counseling or therapy, but I will say that, you know, for the first two years – of going through my grieving and carrying my grief, even though I've never had any negative thoughts about counseling or looked down upon anyone who went to counseling, I thought, well, I don't need that though. You know, I don't need that. I'm okay. I'll fit. I'll, I'll be able to handle this on my own. Mm -hmm. And it really took two years into my grief, um, into carrying my grief that I realized, oh no, I can't do this on my own. Like I, I need some help. And the straw that broke the camel's back was, um, I was dating my husband and we were in a long distance relationship, um, during that season. And, uh, a big thing for me, um, in grief rituals is to visit places that hold significance, um, of memories that Leland and I shared together. And so I drove to the house um, that we spent so many summer nights together and, um, it's in East Nashville where, and that's the house in the living room where Leland put Cody on speaker and introduced us. And it, that house holds a lot of memories and is really significant to me for my grief ritual, um, in particular, but I drove to the house and (laughs) the house was no longer there. Um, the lot was bought by a developer and they knocked the house down. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was really, really heartbreaking for me to see. And it almost felt like another loss. It's like, well, oh my God, you know, God, you took my brother and now I can't even go to a place that meant so much to me, you know, that gives me these memories that I have with him. Like there was a lot of anger. Mm -hmm. And so I, I visited that house, um, which was a grassy lot, um, on my way to a babysitting job that night. And I remember um, I just kind of had this like underlying anxiety I have since I was in middle school, but it really came to a head that night because I was texting Cody and he wasn't responding. And I went into worst case scenario again, because I was like, oh, I've done this rodeo before. And I really was fearful Mm -hmm. that oh no something has happened to Cody and I'm not anywhere in close proximity to him physically where I can go check on him I can only hope that he'll text me Mm -hmm. in the next five minutes and I I really spiraled into um a panic attack that Mm -hmm. night because I was so worried about him and that's when I realized okay I need help yeah and um, I'm actually looking to go back to counseling because <laughs> I have some things that I really want to work through and things that I really um, need some healing on right now. But um, but in that particular time, you sought counseling, right? I did. Yeah. I did. I sought counseling until, um, you know, a couple months later, I moved up to Chicago. But um, but anyway, so that, that was just something that kind of dawned on me that I'm like, hey, I should probably talk about mm-hmm. that for a second. Yeah. But, and we'll, we'll dive into grief rituals and, um, early grief and counseling and all of that in later episodes. But, um, I just 
I don't know. I felt like I needed to share that. But um, I guess in me speaking, going back to your question and me speaking to, you know, whoever is listening, you know, whether you're carrying your grief and it's so fresh and raw or, you know, you've been carrying it for a lifetime. I'm, um, I'm so sorry (laughs) that you're here, but you know, you are loved by Sarah and I, and, um, you're not alone because it is a very, very, it can feel very, very lonely. Mm -hmm. Um, but you're not alone and we're here for you. And, um, and I just love my brother. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing Suze. Yeah. And I want to tell you as your sister, I love you and I'm really proud of you. I love you too. I feel the tears. They're like right here. They're right behind your eyes. They're right behind my eyes. (laughs) I know that. Well, I love you so much. And, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna keep going here and, and dive into more of those topics and, um, and we're going to hear from you in the yeah, next episode. Yeah, a little bit about my story. So yeah. thanks, everybody. Bye.